Sometimes you just have to know where you're starting from. Are you starting with a new healthy finger or are you starting with a finger that's already pissed off and still a little inflamed? That changes everything. Welcome to Unsprained. I'm Dr. Lisa Erickson Brin, past medical for USA Climbing and a climbing specific medical provider. Do you currently suffer from a finger that is acting up again and again, or an injury that you just can't seem to get over? Well, join the crowd. There are so many of us, and I say us as well because I've also been there. I'm excited to help you with simple, actionable steps, downloadables, and things you can read as well as watch that are going to completely transform your self-care, your training, and add many, many more years to your climbing. I'm excited you've joined me. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode 33, the final episode of this season. I can't believe I've made it through one full season of Unsprained. And it's just so exciting to look back at this time last year. And I was just doing the final touches on my artwork for my cover for my very, very first podcast. So, Today's episode is the culmination of the whole season, and it wraps up a little bit about all the different discussions we've had this year, giving you the step-by-step ideas and treatments and self-care ideas to really fuel you forward. So I hope you've had a fabulous season and learned a lot from this. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, and I do hope you go back and listen to the 32 episodes before this, as we start building you up in your understanding of what are we going for with our training for climbing in regards to self-care, prevention, understanding what our body is telling us. And so today, this episode is just for you. Where to start in your finger rehab? So question number one for you, and this is just a very real question that I would ask my best friend, or I would ask a client. Where are you at in your finger rehab? Are you currently inflamed? Are you returning to to climbing after time off? These two totally different guidances have totally different return to sport depending on where you are. So if you're starting from, I'm currently injured and looking for the building blocks to recover, or if I'm all the way recovered and I'm just getting back into sports. So today we're going to hit up the return to sport for both of these two different climbing styles. So let's say that you personally yourself did your rehab. You have been released by your medical doctor to go use the area and test and see how it's feeling. So perhaps you just don't know where to begin, right? My doctor released me what do, what do I do from there? So for those of you in this specific situation, this episode is the kicker. And I always tell you guys two words, gut feeling. Always, always, always follow your gut. So if you've had your PT and you have progressed through perhaps one of my plans or through your local PT or hand therapist's guidance, I have way less fear about telling you personally to begin easy climbing and see how it goes. So I'm going to give you three conditions, if and only if conditions, that must be met 
before you are okay to be released to climbing. For those of you that either aren't working with a therapist or you're just stubborn and you want to do it on your own, or you feel like you're pretty, have a pretty good understanding of what's going on, what you're doing for rehab, and you feel like, I think I'm ready to start climbing on this. So here are my three conditions that must be met before you're okay to start climbing, okay? And I have a little bit of a cold. I'm in Crested Butte. It is starting to snow. It is it is winter here. We're in the throes of what we just had Halloween. Um, it's November 1st today, and I was out trick-or-treating with my kid. And so please apologize. I, I apologize. Please forgive my sniffle that may appear here and there as, as I go through today's podcast. But got to get the podcast out. So one, my first condition that must, must be met before you're okay to start climbing and seeing how it goes. Number one, you must have zero symptoms at work and around the house, okay? I need a proof of health, which means that you have decreased your inflammation and your healing has caught up to your rate of damage and that you have done enough recovery and recuperation that basic things are not bothering you. So when you're typing on the computer, that's not bothering you. Um, Pulling open doorknobs, the basic things that we test for to see how bad is your inflammation. And if you go back through my, my previous podcasts, I have a free handout, which is called the PAL method, which is a whole method of unloading your body and testing to see what flares you up and just really figuring out where you are in those first few steps. So if you're new to this, please go back into my previous podcasts and go look for that handout and start testing yourself. But You have to have zero symptoms at work and around the house before I feel like, okay, my friend, let's just go test it and see how it goes with some easy climbing. Okay, condition number two, your painful spot, the spot that you injured and had to take time off or or that you've been babying, I want that spot to no longer be tender to the touch or to become worse with use. And there are many guidelines once we get you climbing, but just to start off with climbing, we shouldn't be returning to sports when something is still letting us know that it's unhappy. And so if it's still telling you something is wrong, then we need to look at your work or your time off or just your self-care or really take a step back and look at your nutrition. And so when you start going through my past podcasts of this year, I hit it big with a nutritionist. Um, Miss Michaels, and we talk about that. So, so if any of these are kind of pricking your ear and you're getting this gut feeling like, ooh, maybe I forgot that, please go back and look into it. Another caveat to this is if you don't feel like you've been improving and you've been taking time off and really trying kind of going through the throes of this, there is a very high probability of those who are not improving that is connected to work factors. And so when we start saying work factors, your job satisfaction is huge with how much you heal from work and how um, these contributors from work create increased pain and inflammation. So, and that's a whole nother topic we're going to hit of mental health and stress and burnout and anxiety and depression. All of those are huge contributors to work-related disability. So hand pain, wrist pain, shoulder pain, elbow pain that just won't go away. And so we can't ignore those, right? So 
the we're, we're going to hit all that next season. Um, but just keep in mind that we there are things sometimes outside of our control that may delay our ability to heal. Work is one of those, or or your other favorite sport, be it playing the guitar or playing your your video games down in the basement. And so we really need to look at those components and make sure that we're not making a big mistake there that's going to impact what we really care about, which is our climbing. So yes, the number two, your pain spot is not as tender to touch or becomes worth worse with use. Cause we want to make sure we are through the inflammatory stage and we are actually healed and not just beating our body up and, you know, same problem, different day kind of a thing. Okay. My third caveat to returning you back to climbing to see how it goes after an injury is that number three, you didn't just try to climb and have a bad experience. So let's say your first day of testing it, you took all this time off. You saw your MD or your surgeon or your PT or your hand therapist, whomever you saw. And they said, looks awesome. You go climb full return to sport. Don't worry about it. Um, we want to make sure that you didn't have a bad experience to your first day back. And if you did, we need to completely delve into that and see what we're missing. So I'm talking about puffiness of the injured area that should be healed, any heat coming from that injured area, any stiffness, any pain. And that is totally different, those symptoms, from the basic symptoms of I'm now climbing again and everything is tired and everything is a little bit exhausted, right? Like the the return to sport. I almost think like all the way back to high school, if you yourself did a high school sport those first two weeks, I was exhausted. Everything hurt. Um, I just, yeah, I was too sore to sit on a toilet or go up the stairs. Like my body just felt broken and beat up. So if, if those are the symptoms, hopefully you're not too sore to sit on the toilet. Um, but hopefully your symptoms are that of, of a body returning to sports and feeling the fatigue of being out of shape, um, don't have enough muscles built up for the sport. That's all stuff we can fix. But if you're having the old injury talking to you again, puffiness, heat coming out of it, stiffness, pain, more so than just slowly returning back to climbing, then that's something we need to talk about. So in this podcast episode, we we start with the basics of building a big, beautiful, injury-free base without symptoms. So many of you are kind of like, well, okay, well, where do we start? I now know the three things to look out for that are my goals. And those again are, (laughs) are you inflamed? You don't have any symptoms getting into it. Your painful spot isn't tender or talking to you. And you didn't just try to climb and have a bad experience. If you've made it through those three, you're okay to start climbing again. And where do we go with that is we don't just go out and go crazy, right? And and this is the big issue that a lot of you guys are listening to this podcast because many of you may feel that you just don't have the self-control. And self-control is everything, especially with creating a new base. We all have to start from somewhere. So those of you that didn't pass my three questions to begin returning to climbing, you start with simply pumping blood flow to the injured region. With cross training, I know some of you just yawned, cross training, but exercise without loading your injury will pump blood flow to the area. It'll bring in nutrients to help it heal. 
and it will take out the congested, old, used up building building blocks of inflammation and healing. So remember, many climbing injuries are tendon related. So think pulleys, flexor tendons, where your flexor tendons of your form attach into your elbow, or we have collateral ligament injuries, jar joints, perhaps we smack the wall. So those areas of your body have very little to no blood flow that goes exactly to tendon ligament joint. So this is why we need to pump blood flow to them by exercising and getting hydration and nutrition and diffusion from the areas around it. And so research shows the average human needs 150 minutes of, of cardiovascular exercise where you're pumping your blood, you're pushing yourself every single week. Or if you're going hard, you're doing like a HIIT workout, maybe 75 minutes. But that's for the average human, not someone who's looking to be a star in the climbing realm, right? We all start from somewhere. But I would recommend if you're injured, don't be sitting at home staring at the wall. You need to be pumping blood flow to it supporting it with exercise that doesn't set it off. And if you are okay to get back on the wall, we need to start getting you exercising in a way that doesn't exacerbate it. But just to go back to tendons for a a brief moment, because tendons have a totally different rehab strategy than muscles. We want that stress on our tendon. It's very important to have it very low in our time off but very high when we are training and trying to rehab that tendon. So yeah, let's start there. So talking about pumping blood flow to our bodies, many of our tissues used to have blood flow and now they don't. So as an example, the discs in your spine, they used to have arteries that went to them at the age of like 13, 14, 12, those arteries dried up. They were just for when we were developing and now those arteries are gone. So as an adult, you actually have to move that area and pump blood flow and nutrients and motion into it to get the nutrients, to get it to heal. So sitting around doing nothing is not helping us. So pain-free range of motion, pumping blood flow to these regions is your starting point for the people that did not hit those three goals we're going for. For the rest of you, those of you who are now ready to start testing out the climbing wall, I'd recommend returning on the wall that is not new to you. So starting on bouldering problems or easy climbing that you have already done before, that you understand. If you only have outdoor climbing near you, I highly recommend you try to find indoor stuff if you're in a big city or you're near a climbing wall. But some of you guys, like me, we just aren't near indoor stuff. So we begin with testing the holds very gently, meaning we put very beginning level loads into your injury that is now healed, and we see how your body responds. And then the gold standard is we log it. We write it down in a chart. We put it in our notes. We put it in whatever you use to map or record your information. And that way you're smarter the next time. If your testing yields pain, swelling, tenderness, all perfect signs that this level of activity is currently your limit. So we're all different. You and your climbing buddy and me and the best climbers in the world. We all have different starting points and all of our bodies respond differently. So here's the cool thing. 
if you begin with loading your now healed injury underneath the level that causes injury, which we'll call your injury ceiling, your injury ceiling is going to keep raising up and up and up. So you can do more and more and more with less aches, pains, or swelling. So to say it in a different way, if we're creating a chart and we're charting volume versus intensity, each climber, each person listening to this podcast has a certain volume of load that your now healed injury can take. A certain intensity of effort that you can put in before you get puffiness, achiness, or pain. These are all symptoms that we have overdone it. These symptoms appear letting us know, whoops, I pushed a little too hard. So at that point, don't freak out. Don't think, oh my God, I injured myself again. You'll know, you'll have, you'll have definite symptoms that you've hurt yourself. But we write it down and we back off, starting at a beautiful baseline where you can slowly test starting on an easy volume, well above what you expect to begin at. That's another trick I like to start you guys at. And then step-by-step, step, starting from easier than where you thought you'd return, step-by-step, week-by-week, we slowly work up to what you would have expected to be your easy baseline. And then slowly past it as your body becomes used to it and grows in health from this supportive supportive load of climbing. I had to repeat that because it's so hard when we're starting out to find that supportive load. And many of us lose that self-control and we jump right into where we think we should start at, which is where we want to, not necessarily should be at, which is too much. When do you ever hear athletes, especially climbers, talking about supportive loads? Usually, when we're returning to climbing or at the gym beating ourselves up, it's not truly building you up, but supportive climbing can be a misused term to make you feel like you're doing the right thing. This is where your gut comes in. Where you think you should begin is clearly and most likely week three of your return to climbing program. So let's go for it, but easy. Test it out, touch every hold and see if you are truly cleared to begin climbing, please, please, please don't pull around holds. If you were on five, four, five, six, and been cleared to return to climbing, we want an accurate baseline. We want to ensure that you aren't returning to climbing too early. Unless the caveat there is unless you're on a specialized program that I myself created just for you, or your PT is overseeing your return to climbing very closely. So you've decided on your first session for the average climber who's healed, let's say A2 or A4, I'd recommend a traverse of two or three routes. Let's say you're a 513 climber. I would recommend climbing starting on 510. If you're a 510 to 58 climber, I'd recommend starting on 58 to 56. So here's my recommendation. First, Pick your grade, bump your grade down a couple grades, and let's start with a traverse, if you're able to, of two or three routes. So do your two or three routes, and then I want you to go home. The test is how your body responds. You just, one, put in a stimulus, and now we're stepping back and collecting data. Our data we're collecting is, did it hurt with use. 
Number two, did it puff immediately? How about overnight? Number three, did it ache? Perhaps with use or maybe later that day or into the next day? If you have aching on the first five minutes or so of climbing and then it stops, write that down as well. And then the fourth piece of data I want you to collect is besides a general return to sports fatigue, how sore were you? Make make notes, write info so that we have it. These are all great indicators of how much you did and if you perceived the same level of effort and load that you actually put into your body. If you felt like you were going to be sore and you were sore, then that matches. But if you started, say you're 5'10 climber, you started at 5'8 and your perception was it was too hard, it was too much load, then it was. So we want to match your strategy with your actual recovery and make sure that we're not missing anything. If your first test of climbing goes well, pat yourself on the back. We can give it a day. And then if, if all those indicators point to green means go, then we'll do it again exactly the same way. So then the second test is to see if back-to-back loads make a difference. If they do, you again are climbing at a volume too high for you. So we back down by half of a grade. So I hope this makes sense to you. We head into the gym for our first session. We just go easy and we head home. If all the signs point to go, then we head back in and we repeat the exact same application of load, all the same routes, all the same climbing, and see if that makes a difference. If your body still is telling you that you feel great, then congrats, you are now cleared to absolutely climb at this volume. But if your body says, oh, I'm inflamed, I'm hot, I'm puffy, then we did too much. So after our testing, now, my friend, we now have your perceived safe volume. Now we're on our way to increase our loads slowly, day by day, through our days of climbing, to create that big, beautiful block that is solid and not rushed. If you're not paying attention, you're fiddling with the radio, I just want you to tune in just for a brief moment and just, let's just hit that one more time. We're trying to create a big, beautiful building block of base that is solid and is not rushed. This means three to four times a week with ample rest days of basic volume. I know it's totally not sexy. It's totally not exciting, but the proof, my friend, is in the pudding. A serious athlete, a serious climber needs at least a year of beautiful base before they don't get injured, or shall I say, before they fail under the demands and loads of climbing. So we are ever watchful of symptoms of overdoing it or pushing our bodies too fast because our minds sometimes exceed what our bodies are able to do. So if you are a climber that slaps, flaps, and barn doors all over the rock, you need to keep it under control. We want minimal vibrational loading into the holds. No jumping, no dynoing, or any sort of loads that are above the minimum at this time, as we're gently getting your base, as we're gently 
reintroducing your body to what is climbing. Because why? Because your tissues are building themselves up thicker, stronger, and more specifically designed for your use. But if you overload your hands and your fingers, leading to injury, the constructive rebuilding and that reinforcement, all the positive gain, it just stops. So this is why I get so jumpy about hangboarding. We want to control that load and that weight placed on your tissues. We want it to be a positive load that builds up your tissues and not an over-applied load that causes damage and breakdown. If you have a way to mathematically calculate this load and you want to hangboard, then totally fine. But my recommendation for hangboards is this. Save it for after all your daily activities are normal. After you can open up every door, you can work all day long, you can do all your favorite tasks and your hands feel normal. After that, after you have a full return to climbing and you're back at your regular volume with zero symptoms and you can return to your regular grade, whether that's V6, V10, V14, whatever it is, and you hold your volume there for a few months without symptoms, then my friend, you are ready to hangboard. Some of you might need a chart for this. So I've made you one. I want you to go to the show notes and grab it. I wanted to thank the constructive emails that I've received on this podcast. One that I wanted to bring up because it's relevant to this podcast. I offered a free ebook to the first five comments on my podcast for the third quarter and how I can make it better. And what do you want to see? What do you want to hear? I only got one response, one person, and I can see how many listeners there are. So my advice to you is this. You need to learn to ask for any info that holds you back from being your best, whether that's a climber, a coach, a mom, There is no question that's too dumb and questions mean you're actually listening and you want to improve. Show up, do the work, watch the results pile up. This is the last episode this season. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm working on my next season's content with interviews with climbers who are having the same injuries that you have, those that you look up to, and those that have bravely forged through injuries just like yours and climbing injury-free years thereafter. So shoot me a question, reach out if you have anything you want to contribute. And my email is drlisabrindc at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed this season. Bye for now. If you're stuck in your self-care and you do not have a local doctor who specializes in climbing injuries, I'm happy to help you virtually through my clinic. You can book yourself in at climbinginjuriesolved.com and I will meet with you virtually where you can point to your injury. I'll lead you through steps of how to load it and we'll go through the in and outs of everything you do in your daily routine, in your climbing and in your self-care to make sure that this absolutely heals up and your injury risks of having it happen again are down towards zero. Book yourself in at climbinginjuriesolved.com and click a new patient visit. And if you have x-rays, MRIs, or if you want to know what's going on in there and want them to be ordered, this is the perfect next step. 
But also, if you're happy working through it on your own, I have plenty of free material through my website, YouTube videos, The Climbing Doc, and I'm just honored you're listening. I hope you share my episode if you find it to have been helpful. And thank you so much for joining me. Have a beautiful day.